LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Group Answers Podcast. I'm Brian Daniel with Chris Surratt. Hey, Brian. So uh, it's uh, it feels like more than a week since we've been together. So here we are in the throes of January and underway. Was it a little bit tougher for you to uh, get back into into things this year? Yeah, this reentry process was tough. I, I don't know why. I just maybe some more time off during during the Christmas holiday or something but coming back to work and kind of getting back in the rhythm of working out and eating well which never goes great for the Ooh, first couple of weeks that's eating well painful that's, that's a tough one to get cranked I know it's been hard but it's good I'm glad we're back yeah probably Brianna your daughter um, and everything that led up to her travel she's in Europe for the semester right yeah she's in we, England yeah right outside London we're dealing with the same thing that probably is a contributor because it was fairly intense over the Christmas break getting ready for that yeah that was our, all the details that go into that getting the visa and the new sim card for the phone and emails and making sure she has all the paperwork she needs and all that that's a lot it's a lot to think about Yet, we are back, and we are ready to roll for this episode of the Group Answers Show. You want to uh, go ahead and let everybody know about Derek and yeah. our guest today? Yeah, I'm excited to have Derek Olson as a guest. I've been friends with Derek for a long time. He's he's a great dude. He also loves espresso, according to his bio, so I want to dig into that a little bit. The outdoors and is passionate about building Biblical community. He's been in uh, the small group ministry since 2004 and is currently the pastor of small group network developing development. Sorry, at Saddleback Church. Welcome, Derek. Hey, thanks, guys. It's an honor to be on with you. I'm really excited about our discussion today. Yeah, it's you're one of the coolest dudes I know. I mean, like just laid back West Coast vibe. Is that just natural, or are you putting on an act? Uh, it's natural, man. It's real. Uh, I'm probably not as laid back in the uh, day-to-day workflow, but uh, yeah, people tell me I come off kind of like a surfer dude, so that's cool. Yeah. Now, you, you, grew, you grew up on that side, right? Somewhere over there? Yeah, I grew up in the actually the Northwest, so a suburb of Seattle. So I'm a West Coast guy through and through, and uh, now I'm down here in SoCal loving the sun. Nice. Now, you, you spent some time in Alaska. There's no sun in Alaska, right? <laughs> there is a lot of sun, actually, in the summer, uh, mid-July to August. Uh, in fact, the sun never goes down. Oh, wait, that's so, right. Yeah. But in the winter, it's uh, completely opposite. It's probably average temperatures of, you know, minus 10, minus 20. Uh, we experienced cold as low as minus 40. So the winter is another tale where uh, the sun can set, I think, as early as 3 or three p.m. in the dead of winter. Mm. Well, yeah, that's, that's rough. That's close to Nashville. It's about <laughs> 4.30 right now. It feels like it, yeah. Yeah. So, Derek, I got to ask, you uh, You actually said that you're a, in your, in your official bio, you actually said you're a lover of espresso, not coffee. So I realize, I think I know the difference between those two, but does that mean that you – like 
don't drink coffee every morning and you do have espresso or is this just it's just just like a, a part of getting into character no i do drink uh, coffee um you know coffee defined as you know coffee in a it's been perked in a pot i do that occasionally but um being the coffee snob i am from the northwest espresso is my jam and so we have uh, an espresso machine at home and so for instance this morning i woke up and made myself a nice quad shot uh americano which is espresso with just a little water i don't like it i like it you know stronger than weaker so give me a nice four shot espresso with a little water to make it an americano and then i pour just a little bit of uh heavy cream in there to top it off and i am happy that's some bonus material for you coffee lovers out there. Nice job, Derek. That's right. I, I don't drink coffee, so none of that made sense to me. But You don't drink any coffee? No coffee. I no. did not know that. No, no. Just sweet tea, right? Um, I, no, I do unsweet nowadays, but I do uh, chai. Chai mm. is kind of my jam when I go to coffee houses. And Derek, I'm curious because it does go a little bit deeper, your love of coffee. You have an interesting background there. So I'd, I kind of want to know your coffee background and then how did you come to be passionate about helping people find community? Yeah. So the coffee, as I kind of alluded to, my passion for coffee and espresso really started, man, as a kid growing up in the Northwest where coffee is just a way of life, you know, in a region where it's really cold and gray and rainy for much of the year. And so coffee is like our comfort. Uh, in the little town I grew up in, about 45 minutes southeast of Seattle, I think I started drinking coffee when I was in elementary school. And then in middle school, I think Starbucks kind of started to become a thing. And and now today, I mean, there's probably 20 coffee independent drive through stands in the little town that I grew up in. And so Everybody drinks coffee all the time. So that's really where it started for me, the whole coffee thing. And then uh, I grew up in the church. And so I was always around the body of Christ and in small groups. And then in 2004, I got my first stint in full-time ministry as the youth pastor of my home church. And small groups immediately became like the backbone of our youth ministry because we saw it was the greatest way to connect teenagers together in community with others and then also disciple them. And so I was hooked on, on small groups and coffee. And then fast forward a couple of years, around 2008, our church went through some uh, transitions and change. And my wife, Julie, and I felt a release to step out in faith and do something crazy. And we sold our house and made some money and we moved to uh, Chris's backyard there, both of yours, uh, Nashville, and we started a coffee shop. It was actually a coffee cart there in one of the malls. And so that's where our love for coffee and community kind of really intersected as, man, that was those were some amazing years of just doing marketplace ministry, reaching out to people and... Um, some of the best years of our lives. You guys were just a little too early on the independent coffee chain thing because when you did that, there were hardly any in Nashville. Now they're on like every corner. You just you just came about four years too early. You know, I'd like to believe that we kind of, we were the pioneers that started the whole coffee trend in Nashville. There so. You go. <laughs> So Derek, you are the pastor of Small Group Network Development, and uh, the Small Group Network was, I think, like born out of Saddleback Church, but it's it's 
really it's really independent of Saddleback now, even though there's a lot of crossover, as I understand it. So why don't you tell us about the small group network, but also a little bit about how you have your journey to get there and, and this role? Yeah. So the small group network was uh, started by Steve Gladen. Um, he's the global small group pastor at Saddleback Church. He's been on staff for over 20 years now. And he's just really been responsible for so much of the dynamic health and growth we've seen at Saddleback Church in our small group ministry. And so, you know, being at a large church where so many people ask him, you know, how do we do groups like you guys do? And how do we do campaigns? Or how do I recruit leaders? Steve quickly realized, again, over a decade ago that, man, I need to start a ministry that is is answering a lot of these questions and that is a resource to all these people who are looking for help and so he launched the small group network as a way to um, do two things really encourage small group point people in what they're doing and then to equip them to build healthy dynamic small group ministries so i can get into a little bit more about what exactly we do um, as far as resources and and how we encourage people. But that in a nutshell, yeah, is what the small group network is. Um, it is a mystery of Saddleback Church, technically. Uh, it's what we call a church-to-church ministry. So it's it's a ministry that spans, you know, beyond just Saddleback and out to the globe. It's a resource to other churches. But like you said, Brian, it's become um, uh, just a global network that spans multiple denominations and and all kinds of streams, and it's uh, it's a hub for us small group point people to come together and encourage one another, get equipped, and get encouraged. And so my journey um, is kind of cool. When I was in Alaska, I was handed the reins to our church's small group ministry, and I was super excited. And man, I wanted to crush it for my pastor. I wanted to mobilize everybody into small groups, um, and I was super excited. Yet I also felt really overwhelmed with all the other hats I was wearing in the church. And through talking to some friends, I found out about this thing called The Lobby, which um, is one of the premier events that we put on, a training events, networking event here at the Small Group Network. So long story short, um, a month later, as a new Small Group Point person, I go from Alaska to Southern California, which sounded like a really good idea (laughs) coming from Alaska. And I, I met all the, I met this network of other small group point people who I found out had the same questions I had about small group ministry. Many of them were brand new like I was, and many of them were facing the same challenges I was. And, and I left with, uh, man, just great ideas to implement. And, but more important, I left with a, a support network that carried me through those next couple of years. And I just stayed connected. And I think pretty soon they found out I was a blogger. And so my predecessor, Eric, uh, recruited me to be on the blogging team. And, and then the next thing I know, he was saying, hey, can you kind of help oversee our social media? So I was doing that. And I just kept coming, uh, stay involved and coming to the lobby each year. And then three years later, I think it was, it was announced that Eric was transitioning out to become a campus pastor at Saddleback. 
And then the next thing I knew, God was opening the door for me to step in. So that's kind of a, a short version of my journey here. Derek, the way that I got connected to the small group network was when I was a local uh, groups pastor here in Nashville. And I, I was invited to a, um, a huddle, a regional huddle with about, I guess at the time it was 10 to 12 other group pastors, point people, just to kind of sit around a table and talk about what's going on in, in group life at their church and you know, all the issues and, and wins and losses and all of that stuff. And occasionally we'd have somebody come in to talk to the group as well. And that's how I got connected to a lot of my closest friends in the ministry now is through uh, one of those huddles. And so I think that's one of the coolest offerings out of the small group network is this chance for uh, pastors and point people around the nation and the world now to connect together through those huddles. So why do you think, and you've been on both sides of it, why do you think it's so important for groups point people to to get together, to um, network? Great question, Chris. I think it's so important because we as small group point people, uh, you know, we're constantly spending most of our time trying to to mobilize everybody else in the community, right? We're trying to get everybody into a small group and we're trying to get everybody to catch the vision of biblical community and amongst all the other leadership responsibilities we have at our churches. And but so but often the the, the sad truth is we as small group point people can feel like some of the most isolated uh, ministry leaders out there. Because we're trying to mobilize everybody else in the community. Sometimes we're not even in community ourselves, uh, you know, uh, or experiencing genuine community in a small group. And so I think it's it's vital that small group point people uh, are in community or in a small group or are in a huddle. And at the small group network, if you follow us online or in our Facebook group, you're going to see us always talking about huddles. And the simplest way to explain huddles is they're like small groups for small group pastors or small group point people. And they meet all over the world. They're super easy to start or join from our website. And it's basically a place where small group point people can come together, meet other peers that are in small group ministry, get encouraged, find support, and then share the best ideas and learnings. And um, I'm a part of a, a, a huddle here in SoCal, and man, it is amazing uh, because all of us show up and uh, we drink coffee, we eat some snacks, uh, we find that fellowship and that encouragement, and then we literally just go around the room really organically and we share, man, what's working for you lately? And we, we tell everybody in advance, try to bring a resource that you can share. And so everybody leaves with Man, just a handful of great ideas, learnings, uh, things they can implement. And then we pray and uh, friendships are born out of it. So I think that is some of the most important reasons why small group point people need to be in community or in a huddle is because it's the easiest way to find encouragement, but it's also the easiest way to uh, get those creative ideas. Chris, Derek, one of the one of the values of a, a network is access. 
And uh, Derek, I would imagine just like what you're saying, you have access to all kinds of people. I know in my walk and in my leadership, guys like Steve Gladen and Chris Surratt, our own Chris Surratt, who out of all of your circles would you say you're learning from right now? You just referred to your huddle group, so there may be someone in that or something that's come from that, but in terms of books or or people you've been in, in dialogue with or engaged with recently, who do you who would you say you're learning most from? Yeah. You know, obviously for me right now, I've been at Seattle back almost two years. And so the guy I've probably learned from the most recently is uh, is my boss, Steve Gladen. And does he pay you extra for saying that? I just want to know. No, he has no idea I'm saying this. He he doesn't even have any idea I'm on this this podcast right no, now. That's too bad. I'll I'll see if I can get something for you. But to your question, <laughs> I don't think Steve pays extra for much. That's true. <laughs> but uh, I've learned a lot from him. You know, he's one of the busiest people I know. He has more meetings than anybody I know. But I think one of the biggest things I've learned from Steve is, man, just stay humble. Stay humble. He's one of the only guys I know that gives his cell phone number out at every event we go to um, because he doesn't think he's above that. And he wants to help people at any cost. And uh, so that's something I've learned from Steve is just serve people well. Um, if you jump on our Facebook group, you'll often see him trolling, trolling the group. I mean, he's literally answering almost every person's question uh, personally. So I've just learned a lot from him like that. And, and, being a humble leader, being a hungry leader, going the distance to serve people well. Another guy I've learned a lot from the last two years, mostly by osmosis, is Pastor Rick. Um, you know, it's obviously living on purpose and living a purpose-driven life. And the guy's got so many one-liners, um, it's hard to keep track of them all. I've, I, I keep kind of a running list of some, some of my favorite quotes. And I actually got a couple right here on my desktop. Um, one thing Pastor Rick said at our lobby gathering last year was this, and it, it really hit home. He said, what the world needs more than anything else in our society today is the antidote to loneliness. And where are they going to get it? Small groups. That's good. And he just has lots of quotes like that. One more I'll share with you is uh, he says, I think more people are going to be brought to Christ through the relationships in small groups than any front door evangelism in the next 15 to 20 years. Hmm. Isn't that good? Those are both good. Yeah. And I, I echo both of those guys, uh, Steve has been a mentor for years and years for me, has always been accessible. And that's what I love about the small group net network is that it's, you know, anything that you guys have, it's, it's yours. I mean, it's other people that you can go on and get resources. You can get advice. I love the Facebook page. If you're a small group point person, I want to encourage you to look up the small group network, uh, Facebook page because Steve's on there all the time. I don't know when he sleeps. I don't think he does sleep. Honestly, Derek, no, he doesn't No, Cause he, he jumps on there and answers a lot of questions. And, uh, also there's some great events. You mentioned the lobby that's coming up in just a, a couple of months, right? Yep. Yeah, we've got uh, some amazing training events. We get the lobby of February 25th through the 27th, yep. and that's uh, our largest event we do every year in SoCal. 
beautiful setting. And it's, it's really a networking event where anybody can come and have an equal voice, not just to learn from some of the brightest small group ministry minds, but to share your learnings, your struggles, your challenges, and to really just get connected to our network. And then we have um, our Accelerate Workshops, mm-hmm. and they're the complete opposite of like the lobby. They're really, it's a two-day intensive workshop. Our next one is coming up in Houston. And Chris, we're excited that you're going to be there with us. Yep. And this is all about taking your uh, taking your church's vision and mission statement and then building a strategic plan uh, for groups off of that. And we're hearing so many testimonies of people who have literally seen their small group ministry double within a few months after attending and accelerate. So you can check out all our events at smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash events. Love it. Yeah, that's the, I, I love being a part of them. Lifeway partners with uh, Small Group Network at the Lobby and the Accelerates, and they're just amazing events, so check those out. Brian, you want to tell us about a sister podcast as we wrap, wrap up here on the Lifeway Leadership Network podcast network? I didn't say that right. The Group Answers Podcast is a part of the Lifeway Leadership Network, and one of our sister shows, 5LQ, which stands for Five Leadership Questions, is a podcast available to you. Chris, have you listened to the 5LQ podcast with Todd Atkins recently? I have. Well, then you would know, as a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network family, Todd's recently interviewed leaders like David Platt, Ryan Myers, and Louis Giglio. He's also recently done book breakdowns on shifts and discipleship. Just look up five leadership questions on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And speaking of subscribing, we would love if you would subscribe to the Group Answers podcast. Uh, Downloads help us and comments help us. If you want to give us a rating, uh, specifically a five-star rating, we'd love to see that. And we'd love to hear any show ideas, anything like that. We read those. um, I have it open on my my desktop like every minute i've seen it yeah it's it's, true it's sick i need to that should be a resolution (laughs) that i walk away from itunes but i just can't well that's gonna do it for this show thanks for being with us and derek as always thanks again look forward to uh more interaction with you that's gonna wrap it up for chris and brian until next time